Hey, hey, Irish fans. Welcome to Irish on Tap, presented by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brian Mishler, and I am here with my other host, Ethan. How are you doing today, Ethan? Uh, I'm good, man. Uh, it's uh, about time to get back to hoops here. We're in that right time where uh, football season and basketball season meet for a while. Uh, and what a way to kick it off against North Carolina tomorrow night. Yeah, this is the first non-football show we've had for Irish on Tap, so I'm a little bit excited. I'm a pretty avid. I'm one of the few exceptions in that I actually am probably a bigger fan of the basketball team than the football team, just by a little bit, which is very rare across Irish fan base. I know that. But nonetheless, like you said, they play North Carolina. When this drops, it'll be tonight. They play them on Wednesday night, and it's because the ACC is now expanding to 20 games instead of 18, and two of those 20 games are being played in the non-conference part of the schedule. So that is why they're playing at North Carolina to tip off the season. And we're not going to do – this is more of a season preview type of episode, so we'll talk about the game a little bit. I mean, North Carolina has Cole Anthony, who's an absolute stud, and who Notre Dame actually was in his final three and might be the number one draft pick next year. I didn't really think Notre Dame had a chance at all the entire time going through his recruitment. But, of course, he commits to North Carolina. And they also have two grad transfers in Justin Pierce and Christian Keeling. So it's a really different look for Roy Williams. And that's mainly because it's a bunch of a really highly touted five-star freshman and a bunch of grad transfers put together. So there are a lot of newcomers. So honestly, I think if I'm not going to expect a win by any means tonight, but or tomorrow on Wednesday when they play, but if they're going to beat North Carolina, it's right now because they're a bunch of newbies and Notre Dame's returning everybody. What do you think about that, Ethan? Yeah, I mean, Roy Williams is obviously, you know, one of the most historic coaches in basketball. I think he will have these guys ready, but um, I mean, we see it in all sport, all sports across the board that, uh, you know, if these guys are new, you know, they got to get some time to gel. And yeah, Notre Dame's returning, uh, you know, Rex Fleur coming back from the injury is big. So uh, it'll be close. I'm, I'm excited to watch this game tomorrow night. Yeah, I agree. I actually don't think they'll get blown out. Like I said, I'm not I don't think they're going to come out victorious, but I think they will compete. And having said that, that's enough about just that game. Let's get into more of just like the entire season's outlook. So like you said, Ethan, they're bringing back Rex Fluger. He will start against North Carolina, but he's on a time or minute restriction to about 20 minutes. I think they're going to be way better with Rex coming back. And that's because he's a good playmaker on offense alongside Prentice Hub. He moves TJ Gibbs to more of an off off ball type of shooting guard which is where he which is where his strengths are and he's a big leadership guy locker room guy I know that is kind of overplayed and honestly last year I was very critical of Rex Fluger because he was struggling shooting the ball a lot but when he was running the show against Purdue in the Crossroads Classic where they ended up winning by eight I want to say to a team that was eventually one bucket away from making the final four and then he, Rex goes down, and then they win three games in ACC play. He had to have me in a hell of a lot for this team, so I'm excited for him to come back. Yeah, I mean, that really shows just, I mean, he's the heart and soul of that team, and uh, they really rallied around him when he came back. I remember the game that he returned to the, the court there on the sideline, and, um, you know, I mean, he means so much to the fan base as well. So uh, it'll be good to get him back and see what they can do with this, uh, with this core of players. 
Yeah, I agree. And then DJ Harvey also transferred. I'm sure a lot of fans already know that, but initially I was a little bit upset, but honestly, um, it sounded like Ray kind of told him to leave. I think they were kind of fed up with his playing style and he just never really meshed well with this group. So that's really, that's pretty much it. They, they get back Rex Luger and they lose DJ Harvey. And that's pretty much it in terms of the roster turnover. They get Robbie Carmody back from a, a redshirt season as he had labrum surgery. However, I do think, even though it's mostly the same roster, I think they're going to be way more competitive this year. I do think they get back to the tournament, which has not happened in the last two years. And I will say last year, it was more of them not being good. But two years ago, it was a lot to do with injuries. And they've had so many injuries the past two years, it's actually insane. They've had two or three season-ending injuries each of the past two years. And that's just, at some point, that's going to change. And they got they're due for a really healthy year. Yeah, it, I mean they've got some uh, some good competitors in the ACC uh, once they get going in that conference play. Um, but it's time to come back. I mean, I was taking a look at the stats earlier today, and it was just not good from the offensive side of the ball last year. So, uh, you know, hopefully, um, getting getting Rex back will kickstart that offense and uh, see what we can get going with it. Yeah, I know you, you mentioned the shooting woes, and I you can't really take much out of exhibition games, but I mean they didn't shoot much better in the two exhibition games so far this year. I mean that doesn't mean they're going to be as bad offensively as they were last year, but I still think they won't be as good of a shooting team as Bray, like like the 2015, 2016, those types of teams. However, I do think this is going to be Bray's probably best defensive team he's ever had and a lot of that is because they got a they have a lot of length in Juwan Durham patrolling the middle I mean he averaged 6.1 blocks per 40 minutes of play last season so if he can stay healthy so we can get be like actually be on the floor for hopefully 25 to 28 minutes a game that completely changes Notre Dame's defense when he's manning the the paint because he single-handedly forces the oppos- opposition to just push back from the paint. And he just really is a dynamic on a Notre Dame team that they have basically never had in the Bray area. Is a six foot eleven, just complete shot, shot blocker down there. So I'm really excited to see how they can be defensively this year. Yeah, and they've got a really, you know, other than the North Carolina game will be a tough one, but they have kind of an easy stretch there for the, uh, the rest of the month of November. Yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah. I mean, you look at the December schedule, that's when the defense will be needed. You're playing Maryland. You're playing UCLA, Indiana, teams like that. You know, uh, you're going to need those guys healthy. Uh, I think that's really the key to this team this year is if they could stay healthy. Yeah, agreed. And health is obviously a big part of it. And another thing that I thought was a big reason why they struggled so much last year is they're just, for lack of a better word, just horrible guard play. I thought if you look back into the good Bray teams that he's had in his 19-year tenure there, they always have a guy running the show, a lead guard running the show that's a stud. Oh, Fitz yeah. Thomas, yep. Corey Jackson, Ben Hansborough, Jaron Grant, Demetrius Jackson, Matt Farrell. They always have a guy that has the ball in his hands like 90 95% of the time just running the show, getting in the lane and making plays for others. And last year they did not have that. And everybody talked about Bonzi not being able to replicate Bonzi Colson's production. But if we're going to be honest, the, 
the biggest loss they had last year was not having Matt Farrell run that offense. It really, it really hurt them. And I, I mean, I don't want to throw shade at players individually on this podcast, but I just TJ Gibbs is, I don't think he can be that type of lead guard. He's more of an off ball shooting guard. He lacks the handles and the explosiveness to be the guy that has the ball in his hands all the time. And I, that was Honestly, I think the main reason why he struggled and that's part of the, why the team struggled. And that's why Prentice Hub's development is so crucial for this team because he is the type of guy that has the elite quickness and handles to be able to run the offense at, like basically by himself. And Rex Fleury coming back helps that. But I really believe if Prentice Hub has a big year, that means Notre Dame's going to have a big year. And if he doesn't improve, then Notre Dame's going to struggle mightily again. I think a lot of it rests on Prentice Hub's shoulders. Yeah, he had a huge year uh, last year, averaging four assists a game, 8.1 a game. So, um, you know, he's a big guy. Uh, he'll lead the offense well, uh, meshing with Rex as well. So, Yeah, and he – honestly, he was pretty bad at the beginning of the year last year, but he had a really, really good, I want to say, last, like, 12 or so ACC games where at some points I was like, this guy's going to end up being a all ACC player by the time he's only a junior. So he's got a lot of potential. And I really, I really think a year of getting in the gym, getting bigger, I think he's going to end up being a stud and he's going to need to be. And then going off that, I think also sophomores, Dane Goodwin and Nate Lasuski. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. It's something like that. But I think uh, they're, correct, also that, big, yeah, yeah. they're also big for this team as well in terms of just because they are probably the two best pure shooters on the team. And if they could have gotten bigger and quicker in the offseason because they were severely uh, under underwhelming physically last year in the ACC, it was that was the biggest reason why they struggled a little bit down the stretch. But I think if they get a little bit bigger. They have really nice shooting strokes, and I think all the Prentice Hub, Dane Goodwin, Nate Lasuski, all guys coming off their rookie campaign last year, I think they can all improve tremendously. And really, a lot of Notre Dame's ability this year rests on how much they improved with with this offseason. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have that roster depth, too, where you're, you've got the, the upperclassmen and You've got a good mix of them along with the underclassmen as well. So um, getting them to, to learn and grow with, with the juniors and seniors, um, like you said, I think this is Bray's best opportunity to get Notre Dame back in the tournament and you know hopefully make a run at it. Yeah, I agree. And another thing, it's kind of actually sad that we haven't brought his name up yet because he's as good of a player in the ACC as anybody. And I doubt he wins ACC Player of the Year, even if he deserves it, just because of the bias that comes with that award. I swear to God, every year it's a Duke or North Carolina player, but whatever. John Mooney is an absolute stud, and yep. in a roster where there's so many unknowns, like I have, I could see anywhere from a totally like anything happening this year. But the only known commodity is John Mooney, and he's basically a walking double-double. He's going to probably average like 15 and 11 in, in ACC play, and he's really just as good as it gets. Yeah, he was 14 for 11 last year, so um, you know, averaging a double-double like that, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he plays this year and uh, you know, where he'll end up going next year if he goes into the NBA. So, 
Yeah. And what, what's impressive about that, that 15, 14 and 11 you said is he was like the only offensive threat on the team. So being able to put up those numbers is actually very impressive. And if Notre Dame can shoot the ball better from the perimeter, it'll free him up down in the paint and they won't be able to double him as much. And honestly, I could see him averaging around 18 or 19 a game just if he gets some help from other guys on the roster. Yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, what kind of offense they end up coming out with and uh, if they can able to shoot the ball tomorrow night with against really their first real competition of the year. Um, it's really what it is, just excited to watch it. Yeah, and it's, it's really tough to forecast how this season is going to play out. I mean, I'm, I was looking at their – because I, I didn't think they were that bad last year. Like, I know they won three ACC games, and that's embarrassing, but you, they had nine games where they lost by six or fewer points. So that is I, I mean, yeah, you nuts. you look across yeah, you look across the board and you take a look at how many teams get, you know, nine or ten injuries and in, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, you know, you can't really judge a team because, you know, we don't have our players out there. So yeah. um I think that's what this, you know, the first couple of weeks of the year are gonna be like. And um, you know, obviously North Carolina is the first game. I mentioned the easy stretch after that, but uh those are games to get the offense going, shoot the ball. Uh, against teams, you know, like Marshall, you know, so we can uh, get ready for a big game like Maryland uh, in December. Yeah, exactly. And really, that's something Bray's been preaching as well, is to just get out there and just be confident and start firing away. He would, the one thing he got pissed off last year is when, his, when the team would come out of the gate, like nervous and being afraid to take shots. If they come out of North Carolina, if they come out tomorrow night or against North Carolina and do that, he is going to be livid on the sidelines because he actually made them play with a 20 second shot clock over the summer to get them to up the tempo a little bit because he kind of wants to run more. Actually, they did not. So if they come out, his puppy dog look in their eyes, Bray's going to be very pissed off. And I don't think they will. I think they're going to come out of the gate strong. It just will come down to, I mean, obviously. North Carolina has a little bit more talent on the board there. So we'll see how it plays Yeah, out. I, mean, I mean, despite, you know, uh, Fluger going down and, uh, you know, the transfer with, uh, with the offseason there, um, it, it's, it's just an exciting year. I mean, you're getting these guys back, and um, I think the momentum's there. There was a lot of positives to take away at the end of last season. So uh, once we get those guys back, it'll be interesting to see how they come out. Yeah, I agree. And the, really the last talking point I wanted to have is I wanted, I'm interested to know if TJ Gibbs playing more of a, not necessarily backseat role, but like last year, like I said, he tried to be like the guy and be the number one scoring option and that failed miserably. I think he's the perfect third or fourth scoring option on a team. And I think if he can accept that role to be more of a, a good perimeter defender on the opposing shooting guard, which he is, and just basically a spot-up shooter with their occasional drive to the rim, I think he can get back to his sophomore self and be highly effective. But when he gets the ball in the top of the perimeter and starts trying to attack the rim at will like 10 times a game, it just I, – I think it's one of the reasons why Notre Dame's offense was so bad last year. So I'm wondering – I'm really – excited to see if he can get back to his sophomore season because he had 
as good of a sophomore season as anybody I can remember in the Mike Gray era. And he just followed it up by regressing in every facet of the game. So I, I really, I'm interested to see how TJ Gibbs um, attacks this year. And then basically, lastly, I wanted to go over the rotation a little bit. So it looks like the starting lineup's obviously going to be John Mooney. It looks like it's going to be Juwan Durham, uh, Prentice Hub, TJ Gibbs, and then Rex. Although Rex is on like a 20 minute, 20 minute time restriction, minute restriction right now. And it, it looks like Nate Lasuski and Dane Goodwin are the sixth and seventh man. But I'm interested to see who ends up because it looks like Robbie Carmody and Nicola Jogo are both fighting for the eighth man spot. So I'm interested, interested to see how that dynamic plays out for the year. Cause I bet both of them get minutes for all of non-conference play. And then when January rolls around, one of them ends up just sitting the bench. Cause Bray never really goes to a, a nine, nine guy rotation. He likes to keep it at eight. Yeah. And that's the, t- uh, you know, we'll see him obviously get in, in this, these first couple games here, uh, especially once we hit the, the classic here in a few weeks. So um, it's pretty much what it is. I, I wouldn't con- kind of equate it to the preseason, I guess, in a sense. So uh, yeah. now's the time for those guys to to battle it out, and um, you know now's the time to see you know who's gonna who's gonna be the guys to step up this season. Yeah, I agree, and it's interesting to interesting to predict. So there's really no other talking points that I have, and I just wanted to let's basically predict what their record's gonna be in ACC play and see how you're going to think they're finishing the conference. I think they're going to go either 11 and nine or 12 and eight. And I know that might seem a little bit optimistic, but I honestly think there's, I just can't envision how Mike Gray is going to go three straight years without making the tournament. He's never done it in his career. He's one of the top 10, maybe top five, definitely top, top 10 coaches in the country. And last year, they're out undermanned with injuries. I really think they're going to be the surprise of the ACC this year. I think they're going to finish fifth or sixth in the conference and then either go 11 and nine or 12 and eight. They're going to get back to the tournament anywhere from like, I don't know, like a six to nine seed. Who knows? But yeah, that's my prediction. I think they're getting back to the tournament and they're going to surprise a lot of people nationally. What about you? Yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 you know, just taking a look at the schedule earlier, I actually had the same uh, as you, 12 and 8. Um, I think that there's a lot of winnable games for this team. Um, like you said, I, I don't envision this team not making the tournament again. Um, I think that once these guys get going, uh, back as in, in the offense that we had, I think that there's going to be a good chance that this team, like you said, is the surprise team in the ACC. Definitely. And there's actually a lot of people nationally that are saying that. I know... Uh... Some ESPN reporters have predicted them to finish fifth and sixth. Jay Billis even said they're going to be the surprise team. So, like, a lot of people are thinking they're going to write the ship this year. And quite frankly, if they don't make the tournament and go three straight years like that, that's a disaster scenario for this basketball program. And they would be running the risk of just spiraling into complete mediocrity. So they got to get back to the tournament. There's really no excuse otherwise. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, like to see him back in it. Like to see him make a run at it and uh, see what we can do here. Yep, I agree. But honestly, there isn't really much left I have to say about it. 
I don't think they're going to beat North Carolina on Wednesday, but I think they're going to be competitive, and I think they're going to do well in the ACC this season. Do you have anything else, Ethan? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Ex- I'm not going to make a pick. I think uh, I'm excited to get back. I, have, I told you uh, before the show that um, I'm never really a big preseason basketball guy, but uh, you know, I will. I'm tuning in now that uh, I'm glad to be here on Irish on Tap. So. Um, I'm excited to watch this team grow over the season. Uh, I'm kind of just taking it in tomorrow night, I guess, is what, what I could say. I agree. I'm very looking forward to it, and we'll see if the Irish can somehow pull it off, and that would be a remarkable start to a season, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, big game. Uh, it's in North Carolina, too, correct? Yep. Yeah, what a way to start the season than going to North Carolina and getting a win. Absolutely. I'm ready. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. But we'll thank you for listening, Irish fans. And as usual, go Irish.